advantage of the day. Okay. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. Yeah. The playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. Hi again, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Defending the Kingdom. Mitch Holtis with you, voice of the Chiefs, along with senior team reporter Matt McMullen. This episode will be called the 53 because the Chiefs have got their 53-man roster for now. They have the 69-man group, which includes the 16-man practice squad, and then the Chiefs get to raise the curtain on the entire National Football League season. A reminder, Defending the Kingdom is brought to you by Ticketmaster. Yep, you're their new best friend. Uh, check out Ticketmaster. It is the greatest home game uh, schedule, home schedule, I should say, in the 64-year franchise, uh, history of the franchise. I mean, just great game after great game, including the opener against the Detroit Lions that we'll talk about here in a second. But Ticketmaster, uh, check them out and see what they have available. And then also we have, before we, well, we're going to go around the world here. Yeah, it's rolling around. Uh, <laughs> the world's rolling around right in front of us. Um, but also... As we go around the world, which is a defending the kingdom tradition, we also now are trying to plug into everybody uh, with the kingdom latching on to everybody around the world. Yeah, and this is for the world's largest tailgate. So for those of you watching, I'm holding a football here with the world's largest tailgate logo. What is the world's largest tailgate? Well, it's a promotion that's happening here at GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium uh, prior to the home opener, which is Amazingly, a week from today, we're recording this on a Thursday, we play a regular season football game that kicks off the NFL season. It's going to be banner night. It's going to be amazing. That's in one week. And prior to that, uh, the world's largest tailgate will be taking place uh, in the parking lot. Uh, but just because you're not here doesn't mean you can't participate in it. So go to ChiefsLive.com, ChiefsLive.com. You can RSVP, and you can watch the live stream of the world's largest tailgate. It'll be from 4.30 uh, to 6 p.m. Central Time. You can stream all the festivities. There'll be a concert. There's lots of fun stuff that'll be going on. You can stream that while you're having your own tailgate wherever you are in the world and participate in the world's largest tailgate as we get ready for Banner Night. Should be pretty cool. Is there going to be Wurst and Schnitzel at this event? I don't know if it'll be present, but if you're in Germany, you can participate and have some, some schnitzel. And... <laughs> It's going to be late at night uh, <laughs> or in the morning, right, for our German friends to tailgate. But I got a feeling they're going to. Uh, yeah, You had definitely. a chance to visit Frankfurt and uh, be a part of that, and it will be super. Uh, so, yeah, prost uh, and have a great time with the world's largest tailgate. Well, let's go around the world. And before we do, man, you meet the most interesting people. We saw them at camp that would come up and go, hey, I'm from – we listened and watched Defending the Kingdom, and we're from Azerbaijan, and we're here at camp. Like, wow, that's cool. So this week I did an appearance in Pittsburgh, Kansas, not Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Drop the H. Yeah, get rid of the H, get it right here. Not far from Nevada, Missouri. Uh, and I ran into a character who was at this appearance who's Red Dynamo. Now, why is Red Dynamo important around the world? He evidently is a thing in the U.K., although he lives in Pittsburgh, Kansas. I, I, Interesting. They they have one of the biggest tailgates uh, at GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium, and the UK evidently has done features on them. There's like a sideline reporter. You can go on YouTube and find this. I'm thinking, come on. They go, <laughs> no, here it is, and they're showing it to me. I'm like, Red Dynamo's a thing in the UK, but he's from Pittsburgh, Kansas. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, then he's got Chad, like who's his running mate. But I met Red Dynamo, so I feel like I'm maybe Red Dynamo. It's not the biggest thing here. 
But in the UK, red dynamo's a deal. All right. Pittsburgh, Kansas, home of the gorillas. Go. Yep. Got it. Well, I've got five for Purple you dragons today. for the high school or the Colgan Panthers. What a great mascot. The Purple Dragons. That's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. Good, good program. Yeah, I, I bet it is. Um, five quick ones for you today. I have Lou in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yep, there we go. Uh, Jack in Madeira Rancheros, California. We've heard from Jack before. He'll be at the opener next week uh, for his first ever game here in Kansas City and cannot wait. He picked, like, the perfect game to come to. So uh, hopefully we'll see Jack uh, over at GEHA Field at Arrowhead for the Lions game. Uh, we have Larry in Bakerton, Pennsylvania. We have a listener in Cody, Wyoming. And Mike is in Kansas City, Kansas. Love it. And K- also – KCK the dot. There we go. Before I forget um, – it kind of goes with the theme of around the world. Check out chiefs.com slash chiefs kingdom worldwide. What it is, is wherever you are in the world, you can find like chiefs bars that are local to you, chiefs restaurants that have registered as chiefs places. Uh, you can connect with other chiefs fans around the world. It's super cool. I've been kind of checking it out and watching it grow here over the last month or so because it's brand new. It's really cool. So whether you are in Kansas City and are traveling somewhere and you're going to maybe miss the Chiefs game and you want to be around other Chiefs fans, you can find out where like Chiefs locales are, wherever you're going to be. Or if you're somewhere else other than Kansas City and you don't live here, uh, you can find out where other Chiefs fans are near you. So pretty cool. It is Chiefs.com slash Chiefs Kingdom Worldwide, not Prestige Worldwide. I won't go there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But I do know if a friend of mine has visited Dublin. He's got a friend in Dublin that has a Chiefs-centric bar. I've got to see a picture of that on this website. Because um, Dublin, I know, is also a, a hot area for the Chiefs' kingdom. All right, this episode is uh, going to be 5369 um, Curtain Raiser. Uh, raise the curtain, if you will. But let's talk about the 53, because finally we got it. And I said this, it's, it's wet cement. Yeah. Right, don't step in it because immediately after the 53-man roster was set, the Chiefs were able to make a roster move, a waiver claim, and Matt Dickerson, who originally was on the 53, now moves to the practice squad in a matter of, oh, hours. But that's kind of the way this works. Uh, but Darius Rush, a cornerback from the Indianapolis Colts, was cut by them, uh, and so the Chiefs were able to make a waiver claim. All right, let's go to the 53-man roster. We'll get to Darius in a second. We kind of just got cropped us by position here. Uh, but interesting, there were 10 offensive linemen taken in the 53. Your thoughts? Yeah, 10 offensive linemen. Uh, it's a good problem to have when you have lots of players who I think had a chance to make this team, and we are curious who was going to make it. Uh, Mike Caliendo is one who I'm really happy for, and he's a player. You always talk about crockpot guys, guys that you kind of stash in the practice squad and get them in our culture and see how they can grow. And it's a testament to Mike that he made this 53-man roster. I mean, it's awesome. And he's going to be a player that can hopefully help us. He has great guard and center flexibility. We saw him playing at both spots throughout OTAs and throughout training camp. Uh, And he made this team because he showed that he can be that guard, center, flex guy. So awesome that he made it. He's the first guy that stands out. Uh, And it's also interesting that both Prince Tega Wanogo and Lucas Niang made the team. Uh, Wanye Morris as well, but it kind of felt like maybe Lucas and Prince were in a competition with one another, but we kept both of them. So we have three players now, uh, when you include Wanye, who all have that swing tackle flexibility. And then you have Mike Caliendo, who can play both center uh, and guard. And then Nick Allegretti as well, who can do that 
too. So I like the flexibility of all these guys, but if there's one story who I'm really kind of attached to right now, just seeing who made the team initially, Mike Caliendo is a story for me. Yeah, I love it. Undrafted player out of Western Michigan, same school of Sky Moore, but uh, Mike has been, we've seen him rise, and you know I've watched him now over the better part of two years do exactly that. From a context of history, wide receiver is a noteworthy discussion. We, we laid it out, right? With, uh, during the summer, we laid it out during training camp, but seven wide receivers make this team. And that becomes interesting because it's historic in that regard, but not a surprise. We were thinking that there uh, was going to be seven. We were starting to get word that there was going to be seven about midway through St. Joseph. And then we saw Amir Smith-Marset go nuts in the last two preseason games. We're like, oh, wait a minute. Uh, not going to be eight, but who gets out? And then we know uh, that there was a trade. So the Chiefs able to get a draft pick uh, from uh, the play of Amir Smith-Marset. But your thoughts on having seven wide receivers? Yeah, it's interesting. Again, it, it's a testament to the guys. It's a testament to the front office that they have this many players who they felt were worthy of making the team. It's, like you said, the first time ever uh, since Coach Reed has been here. Uh, since 2013, that we've kept seven wide receivers. It's a lot of wide receivers. Justin Ross, of course, is the big story. We were wondering going into camp, can he do enough to make this team and really force this team's hand to keep seven wide receivers because the other guys kind of seemed like they were written in ink. And he did. It's a testament to him. And it's not just what he did offensively. I know it's easy to watch the big plays. He had that great catch uh, in the Browns game. Uh, for a touchdown that's part of why he made the team but also his contributions on special teams and how he proved during the offseason training program that he could be a contributor on special teams that helped earn himself a spot on this team yeah and it saved the crashing of servers throughout the chief's kingdom because if they would have waived him there would have been just an apocalypse i think <laughs> he would have been picked uh, up too so he would have been easily so it's it's fun to see that now the next next three i'm going to lump together because it all seems like at least one of these three areas, it's one man short than what you and I thought they were going to be. So two quarterbacks, uh, when you look at Blaine Gabbert was really good. I mean, he impressed me starting in the summertime. We, you and I talked about it. Uh, there's more there than I thought maybe that we were going to get looking at his 11 previous years in the league. Credit to him, man. He lit it up. And we know about Patrick. But then three running backs, not four, and three tight ends, not four. That, to me, was interesting. It was interesting, uh, particularly at running back, where I think we were kind of assuming it would be four the entire time, and we were wondering, will it be P. Ryan or will it be Prince? And it was neither of neither. them. But they both ended up on the practice squad. So as we talked about all offseason long, the initial 53-man roster does not necessarily mean much as long as guys still stick around on the practice squad. We could see either of those guys, maybe both of them at some point, during this season. We'll kind of see how things transpire as the weeks go on. But I'm glad we kept both of them. Uh, P. Ryan really came on late uh, toward the end of the preseason. Just a very interesting player who can do a whole lot. And then Prince uh, is still young. I mean, he's a rookie. Uh, but I think he showed some things as well. So we talk about the crockpot once again. I'm glad both of those guys are still in town, even though they didn't make the roster. It was surprising, though. Yeah, and Michael P. Ryan can help you win a game. And you saw some of the, uh, remember Daryl Williams from a couple years back? There's a little bit of that, maybe yeah. even a little more explosive. Kind of Spencer Ware-ish, too. Very Spencer Ware-ish, love it, because he's a really good receiver. Remember, Spencer Ware was a very good receiver. Uh, his catch started the uh, great comeback by Alex Smith against the Chargers. Yep. Um, nine defensive linemen, as we slip, the three specialists we know, there's no mystery there, but the nine defensive linemen is interesting, at least right now. We mentioned Matt Dickerson gets thrown to the practice squad with Darius Rush coming in being claimed. Uh, and a new chief enters the defensive line with a trade with the Raiders. That does not happen very often, but a trade happened there. 
but when you look, it's a little bit light of what people might think of that six over. You thought there'd be 10 guys there, so nine guys there, including a trade uh, with the Raiders to try to bolster the interior defensive line. Yeah, I'll talk about Neil Farrell here a little bit. He's our new guy. Uh, interesting player. Uh, he's six four, 325 pounds. He was drafted just last year by the Raiders. He was a fourth-round pick. And going into the draft, Dane Brugler is my favorite draft analyst. He writes for The Athletic. It's really great stuff. He had Farrell as the number eight defensive tackle in that draft class, and he ended up going in the fourth round, so around where Brugler expected. Played nine games last season, but this is a prototypical run-stuffing, nose-tackle kind of player. And I'm always down if you want to go get players who maybe need a change of scenery who recently were pretty highly touted prospects get them into your system and see what they can become brett veach loves doing that and he's done it with success and i think we're seeing that here uh, with Farrell. so we know a lot about the guys that are here already but adding Farrell to the fray it's always kind of fun when you add a new player on roster cut day and he's a player who if you study the draft is kind of recently in people's minds especially the trade with the raiders since you know the chiefs kingdom is going wait a minute well, can we trust <laughs> these guys and so it'll be interesting to watch Farrell and how he grows in this defense. Six linebackers. That was a bit of a surprise. We talked about how talented the linebacker room was, but we thought there would probably be five. Uh, but Cam Jones makes it as an undrafted free agent. And uh, exciting to see that because he, again, caught our eye all the way back in May during rookie minicamp. But six linebackers, and I really like the linebacker room. It's funny because when we initially get the list of undrafted free agents, every single year there's a guy or two at the top that we're really excited about, and then it's usually someone else that ends up surprising us and making the team. <laughs> this year it was the guy that we were really excited about and Cam Jones, who is now a member of the 53-man roster. It's a credit to him. He's an awesome story. He's a player. If you've watched our previous episodes, you know this already, but he's a player that through week five at Indiana last year, he's leading the Big Ten in tackles per game. Suffered a foot injury, missed the rest of the season, but stayed – uh, on the sideline for the Hoosiers as an additional coach. If that hadn't happened, if he hadn't gotten hurt, he surely would have been drafted. But, of course, the injury did happen. He did not get drafted. But he landed here in Kansas City. And Coach Reed says, if you put things on tape, if you come here and you show us that you can play, you have a chance. And Cam Jones is a great example of that. He showed that he can play, and now he's a member of this team. Secondary with the rush claim by the Chiefs and putting him on the 53, now six corners and four safeties. Cornerback all depends on the injury um, rehab of Legereus Sneed and also Nick Jones because that's two of the six. And so after some injuries in camp, we talked about how kind of perilously thin the cornerback position was. Love the safety room. It reminds me of the linebacker room. And then corners, you hope you got some young talent there. But this secondary hopefully can have a big year. And according to Brett Veach, who spoke to the media on Wednesday, he said that as of now, he doesn't expect adding anyone to injured reserve, which is good news for players like Nick Jones. Doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be available right away, but it means that he doesn't expect them to be gone for a long period of time at this moment. So that's good news. I want to talk about Darius Rush a little bit, though, because he's a guy. You're fired I'm, up about I this, am so. fired up about <laughs> Darius Rush. I mean, it's the time of year where I get really pumped up about waiver claims. But Darius Rush was a fifth-round pick this season by the Indianapolis Colts. Just a few months ago, he was drafted. And then Dane Brugler, who I mentioned from The Athletic, he had Darius Rush as the number 63 overall player in the draft this past year, his number nine corner, and he projected him as a second or third-round pick. This guy is six foot two. I love the tall corners. Mm -hmm. He joins Joshua Williams. So does Jordan Watson. Yeah, he sure yeah. does. And he runs a 4.36, so he's fast. And at the Senior Bowl... He was clocked at 21.65 miles per hour. He was the fastest time clocked at the Senior Bowl. 
And he also uh, played a lot of special teams at South Carolina. He had 419 special team snaps uh, in college and has experience as a gunner. So essentially what the Chiefs have done here with Darius Rush is they have gotten a player who many thought would be a second or third round pick essentially as a bonus here on the the waiver wire. He has to go out there and play and prove that he belongs to be here, but at least on paper, I'm very excited about adding Darius Rush, who not too long ago, a lot of people were very high on to a secondary with already a lot of young and exciting and growing players. Another transform wide receiver. He started a wide receiver, or started his career at South Carolina, then they moved him uh, to corner, which is a common thing now happening uh, in the National Football League. But I think you struck gold there with your thought of a, a potential gunner here. Deion Bush was put on practice squad. Uh, we know how inviolable he is on special teams, but you can see Rush with special teams written all over him early being a contributor, especially with the thin nature of the cornerbacks now because of injury. Actually, Rush is older than Trent McDuffie. Now think <laughs> about this. McDuffie was born in September earlier that same year. Um, that's when Rush was born. So he's actually like six months older than Trent McDuffie, who's already played an entire year in the National Football League. Oh, and the playoffs and won a Super Bowl. And I think he's going to have a breakout year, uh, speaking of DBs. But it's just interesting to see Rush actually be older, although coming out a year later, than Trent McDuffie. Okay, the practice squad. And we'll talk about this. We kind of touched on it last week, that the fact that the practice squad now, when COVID came into play, it changed the league. You think the 53-man rosters chiseled in stone and brought down from Mount Sinai, right, by Moses. Not anymore, really. This thing is very fluid and moves and shakes. Um, and the 16-man practice squad, just quickly, we talked about some of these guys already. Derek Prince, Ella Michael P. Ryan, Matt Bushman. These are all familiar names. Darian Kennard, Danny Shelton, Jason Godrick, um, Echo Boydo, um, also Dion Bush, Cole Christensen, Matt Dickerson, who was active. Then he's on the practice squad. Truman Jones, the doctor, 10,000 men of Harvard, Chris Oladokun. Cornell Powell, uh, Austin Ryder, Reese Taylor, and Chris Williams. So there's 17 actually on the practice squad because uh, with Brother Godric, he does not count against the 16. You get one extra one since he's an international pathway player. But one interesting guy here is a guy named Garrett Prince, who is a tight end who the Chiefs claimed uh, that from the Jacksonville Jaguars, played with the Jags last year. He went to UAB in college, but he's from Shawnee Mission Northwest. <laughs> this is a kingdom kid that you could see some upside at tight end uh, from a brand-new chief. It's always fun when we get the guys that are from this area. Because I, I just imagine, like, if you or I was <laughs> claimed by the Chiefs or signed with the Chiefs, even on the practice squad, what a thrill that would be. So, yeah, he's a guy I'm excited to see how he uh, pans out. I've kind of separated my look at the practice squad here by, like, your veterans, the guys that can stick around and you can – can rely on them to do things they've done in the past. And then the crockpot guys, because I think that's such a great way of putting it. Uh, again, there's 16 players, 17 with Goderick, uh, available on the practice squad. And six of them can be veterans with no limitations on their experience. So guys like Dion Bush, Austin Ryder, Danny Shelton, Matt Dickerson, even though they've played more games than your typical practice squad player, they can go on the practice squad as a vested veteran and be a part of all this. And if there's an injury or if there's a situational advantage that the coaches want to take advantage of, they can call those guys up, and those guys will be ready to go. The crockpot guys, though, are very interesting. It's a few players that really stood out to me during the preseason. Echo Boydo is a guy that we both like a lot. He had the most defensive snaps of any Chiefs player in the preseason. I thought played really well and looked Mm -hmm. the part. It's a great story. He goes from being a tryout player way back in May to earning – a practice squad contract during the regular season with 
the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, that's an amazing story, and he truly earned it. Uh, another local guy grew up in Lawrence. So Echo Boydo is a player that I'm interested in seeing grow here uh, over the next year. Uh, Darian Kennard is still around, fifth-round pick from uh, a couple years ago. Uh, Kennard is a player who I think really showed some things at guard in training camp, kind of a he transitioned from tackle to guard. Uh, and, and looked good, uh, didn't make this team, but he's still in town uh, on the practice squad, interested to see if he can uh, continue to grow. Truman Jones is an interesting one, just as a developmental edge prospect. Uh, Matt Bushman is a player who, going into camp next year, will be very interesting to watch because he had the great preseason last year with the two touchdowns, uh, had the fractured clavicle and missed all of last year, but once again looked good in training camp this year. He's back on the practice squad. What can he do next year? Uh, and then Pirine, uh, LaMichael Pirine and Daneric Prince uh, sticking around. Um, interested to see how they can grow uh, on this team and in this offense. But even though these players didn't make the team, the fact that they're still in town is a big deal. And Mike Caliendo is a great example of the fact that if you just keep at it, you just stay in this organization, you stay in this culture, and you keep showing that you belong, maybe down the road you'll have a shot. I think Jody Fortson's another great example. Yep. He paid his dues in the practice squad for two years before he made this team a couple of years ago. So uh, don't forget these names. These guys might help us win a game here maybe this season, and if not, maybe down the road. At the kickoff luncheon in front of a 1,200 fans in downtown Kansas City, I asked uh, Brett Veach and Andy Reid that the NFL has changed. It's really a 53-man roster, but a 69-man group. I went back and looked it up. The Chiefs had 43 elevations last year, 43 transactions that involved practice squad elevations. You're allowed, there's some intricate rules here with the practice squad, you're allowed uh, three elevations as a single player. Then you must go to the 53-man uh, roster on your fourth elevation, or you are open to be claimed on waivers. Now, if you clear waivers, you get a brand-new three games. <laughs> But that's gets can be kind of risky. Uh, the other thing here is mentioning all these. You can elevate two players every week. So the Chiefs actually did that every week. There was one exception in there. They uh, they were able to do one more. But that's forty three transactions the Chiefs made from the practice squad in a single season. Uh, you mentioned the breakdown. Of course, there's there's two levels of the of the practice squad. Actually, three like zero to two years. Uh, two to the vested veteran and then the vested veteran. And you were right last week. I was wrong because I stand wrong. It's just, this is the way, best way to protect your marriage. I was wrong. Um, <laughs> and, that, and that is you can protect four, but you cannot protect six. That's why oh. I got I got I got <laughs> confused. It was it, it's four. Okay. So, so uh, you can protect four every week where you can't touch Matt. You can't take him. But you could touch me if I'm not one of those four protected. You could claim me. But then if you claim someone off the practice squad, you must go to the 53-man roster like we did with Darius Rush from the Colts. You can't go practice squad to practice squad. But why are we telling you all this? Is that the practice squad has now become vitally important. This is really a 53-man roster with a 69-man group that you will see these names go up and down throughout the entire season. And it's one of the few good things that came out of the COVID season. Because in the past, the practice squad, it was important, but it really wasn't that important because it was essentially all young players. If you had played more than two seasons in the league, you couldn't be on it. But now how you can keep guys like Deion Bush in the building or like Danny Shelton or Austin Ryder or Matt Dickerson. In the past, we've seen players like Matt Moore uh, stick around on uh, the practice squad. That's important. And if you can just keep those guys here, they're going to help us win games at some point. 
Uh, I've mentioned in the past examples like Nazi Johnson last year, didn't make this team out of camp, was on the practice squad, ended up coming up and playing like 11 games. Jack Cochran was the same exact way, played a ton of games for this, ton of games for this team, even though he did not make the team initially uh, out of training camp. So the practice squad is very important. Uh, just know these names because at some point they're going to be elevated during the season and they're going to make a play that helps us win a game. So uh, glad we kept all these guys here in town. I feel really good about this group. I feel like Patrick Mahomes here saying every single week, you know, he'll say every single day, every single week, you're going to see these names get elevated uh, to the 53-man roster. Marcus Kemp was like the valedictorian of this last year and the Chiefs actually calculated his call-ups based on what they needed for that opponent because they knew they only had three and they did not want to risk him uh, to lose him to waivers. Okay, we're going to close it out this way, and it's not to put it at the end, but we're putting it at the end. In fact, we just have set it up here. I haven't gone to a lot of Broadway plays in New York City, but I love it when I do. Um, most of my family is not like – they're kind of sports, but they're really thespians, right? They're either singers or actors. or And uh, so I've been able to go to – many plays and many performances. And there's just an excitement when the curtain opens for the first time. And all of the games, all 32 teams, there's so much anticipation for the 2023 National Football season, League season. The curtains will open for all of that at GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium in what should be an unforgettable night. It's going to be magical. And it's so cool that we kind of get to do this again after in 2020, it was amazing, but it just wasn't quite the same because it was the COVID season. We had like 25,000 fans in attendance and, and they were great. Like it really did feel awesome. It wasn't an empty stadium by any means, but it also wasn't the same because you can't simulate what it's like to have 76,000 fans in the stadium. So to have a real banner night, to be able to celebrate with everyone, we don't have to worry about restrictions and all kinds of stuff going on besides the football. We just get to enjoy the fact that the Chiefs are the reigning Super Bowl champions, reveal uh, the banner. It's going to be incredible. Uh, and just to get back to football, it's funny because this has been, factually speaking, the shortest offseason for a team in NFL history. But it also kind of feels at this point like it's been long. Like the last like couple months, I feel like I've just been ready for us to get going, you know, and I'm so excited that finally we get to kick off the season, defend our title. Uh, and talk about football again and not just things that might happen or looking forward to potential, you know, things like that. We can talk about actual games. Uh, and it's, you know, it's going to be a great game against the Detroit Lions, a team that uh, a lot of people are very high on that finished the season strong last year. Uh, it's going to be a great game, but hopefully the Chiefs come out on top and get the season rolling with a W. So here's the warning for everybody. You're going to feel, you'll feel the shake of the ground from GHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium on all seven <laughs> continents. For you Kingdom Defenders that we hear from in our Around the World segment, uh, you're going to feel it. You'll just feel the vibe. If not, it's going to be in your soul. But this Detroit team, uh, the Chiefs are going to have to handle their business. Let me take you back to 2017. We were going to be the dog food uh, for the New England Patriots. They're going to celebrate their Super Bowl championship of the 2016 season. We were the first team on the schedule. It's the first Thursday night. It's this festive party atmosphere. And I remember getting off the plane in Providence because you can't fly into Foxborough. I got off the plane and I looked around at our guys going, we're going to win this game. Why? Because the guys had the belief they were going to win. And if you go back to that time with Alex Smith at quarterback, the Chiefs put 42 points on the board and stunned the crowd. So here's the warning. The Detroit Lions will get off the plane at KCI with every belief in their body they can win this game. 
They ended with eight wins of the last ten. Offensively, they were a top-five team in the NFL in the last ten games of the season. Defensively, they improved a great deal. But the last game of the Week 18 schedule in the regular season, Detroit makes this run, but they get knocked out early in the day because other things had to happen, and they didn't check the box. It wasn't them. Uh, but they're now going to play Green Bay in the last game of the whole grid in the regular season. And – Coach Campbell was asked, what are you playing for? You got nothing to play for. He goes, no, I don't want them to go either. And he's pointing <laughs> off camera to the Green Bay Packers. And he knocked them out of the playoffs. The Lions knocked them out. So here you go, Chiefs Kingdom. You've got to get ready. Gird your loins because this is going to be a tough game. I love their attitude. And, I mean, I was rooting for the Lions in that game. It was fun because uh, you could tell even though they technically had nothing to play for, they were playing for themselves. It was really just a true love of the game, a spirit of the game kind of thing. Uh, they were playing because they wanted to win, even though they knew their season was over already. I respected that. I respect how they play. Uh, and they're a real up-and-coming team. The beauty of it, though, is the Chiefs, even though they have been the most successful team in the NFL uh, over the last 10 years since Coach Reed's been here, and particularly in the Patrick Mahomes era over the last five years, five straight AFC title game appearances, you win three of those and you win two Super Bowls. Most teams in that situation might get complacent. The Chiefs have not. And that's what I respect so much about this team, that even though you have this fight and this hunger from this Lions squad because they want to prove that they belong, I feel like in so many ways the Chiefs have the same fight and hunger even though they're the top dog in the NFL. That is very hard to come by. It's very unique. And just being around Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and everyone else on this roster, it is obvious they have that same kind of desire. You can't replicate that. Uh, it's important to enjoy this time because these kind of things don't happen very often. Uh, but that's why I believe the Chiefs will be ready for this hungry Lions team because the Chiefs, even though they've found all the success, are still hungry for more. Yep, don't talk about they haven't won a playoff game since 91 or won the division since 93 or since Barry Sanders. They're going to come in here thinking they can win, and the Chiefs, with 16 straight wins over NFC teams, will be ready. But it's time to go, and the Chiefs will attack this game with a 53-man roster, about a 69-man group. And they will raise the curtain on the entire National Football League season. Ten, five, touchdown! Lock it down! And the celebration.